0: Welcome, everybody. Tonight is a very special show, and you'll know why when you hear all the amazing stories that have just gone on in our lives, and that's why we decided to come out with it right away and not hold it for a while, because it is a timely issue, and what Pat has to say may even be life or death. So we're going to start with Megan and her little jaunta. Miami Beach.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Luckily, it wasn't actually Miami Beach because everybody kept texting me saying, "Are you okay?" Because it was so crazy over spring break. But I was not a part of the crazy spring break crowd. I was worried about myself. (laughs) Yeah, no. I was staying with a friend in Brickell, which is like downtown. Oh, I like Brickell. Yeah, Brickell. It was very nice. I spent an extended weekend. Right near Coconut Grove. Oh, Coconut Grove. Well, you've been there.
0: Yeah, I, I shot any given Sunday there.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't actually make it there, but I did have the privilege of going to a very special place that Gianni set me up with, um, a club called Eleven. And Gianni, do you want to tell everybody how you set that up for me?
0: Well, yeah. Well, my, my, uh, A kid that I helped raise, and I'm his godfather, his uncle, and he started the club business with me in Las Vegas at State Street. He was a valet parker. He was a, a DJ. Then he got old enough to be behind the bar. And he just kept on going. And then when I closed in 89, I gave him to Dre, who was a very good friend of ours. And he was known for all those Dre nightclubs. And uh, Gino now is into his own. And he owns 11. He owned uh, several other clubs and there, I mean, they're a guest of the NFL for the past three years with a pop-up club during Super Bowl. And I'm really proud of this kid. And uh, so when Megan said she was going, I said, let me set you up in this place, knowing that it was going to be COVID safe, because I know Megan and all of us don't want to bring anything home to our relatives and her being with her grandmother. So it's COVID safe, social distancing, and uh and then we had some surprises for megan we
1: certainly did and i showed gianni actually a reaction video that i had taken myself um so we had a table which was amazing i've never had an experience like that and like gianni said it was all distance that kind of thing um so i felt very comfortable and i was having plenty of fun with my friends and to my surprise i look up and i see all three of us gianni pat and myself up on the big screen you know, and that's a big well, screen. I mean, and anybody, yeah, it's huge, right? I've only ever seen
0: you know, a, it's special a,
1: guests and things like that.
0: Well, you are a special guest. And
1: that was, it, that was just absolutely insane. So I was very surprised. It was a picture of all three of us. And then following that was the logo of the podcast. Hello. Up on the big screen for everyone to see. Um, so anyone who follows me on Instagram saw that. I put it up on my on my story because I was so so excited about it. I started I started screaming. I was like, "What? What is going on?" So it was you'd enjoy amazing it. Surprise.
0: I'm glad. And Gino, we thank you and your whole staff. I mean, you made a, a tremendous night. And yes, uh, thank
1: you so so much. It was incredible. I'm I'm,
0: I'm, I'm Bob, Rob, Rob, rather.
1: Rob, Rob. yes, Rob. Rob's
0: Rob is the head of VIP great. there.
1: He invited me back the next night. <laughs> of course, no, he's
0: now he's such a. I mean. They really run a great operation. In fact, they're looking for a location now in Times Square. So, really? Uh, and they're opening a hotel in September, 11 Hotel.
1: That's oh, good So
0: that. um, me and my, my other partner, Steve Maringoff, will be permanent guests there on the
1: weekend. <laughs> oh, I love it. Of course.
0: And now down to serious business, and this probably is why we motivated to get this up and out. I, I, this morning, started promoting what Pat's doing in his other life as an investigator. As we all know who know Pat, he was a, a detective for many years with NYPD and went on to open his own investigating bureau, basically, anywhere in the world. He's been there, and he got an amazing case that needs urgency, and in one way or another, hopefully, we could bring closure to this with a happy ending. So Pat, I'll let you get into this, man.
2: All well, right, thank you. Uh, yeah, I got, you know, over, I've been in this business for 30 years as a private investigator, and I've gotten all kinds of cases. And the uh, truth be told, it's not what you see on television. Most of them are the same. Every now and then, you get something that you can really sink your teeth into that as, Gianni said, uh, requires some urgency, and this one is a missing persons case, uh, a woman by the name of Christy Caggiano, uh, C-A-G-G-I-A-N-O. We're going to have a, uh, a, a flyer up on, uh, on the website, by the way, but I'll get to that at the end. Uh, she is a, a troubled woman. She's 52 years old married but she's had uh bipolar disorder which has gotten worse over the years and she's on meds and she's also uh, delusional uh which doesn't have anything to do with the bipolar that's a whole separate issue she was on meds and this case started about six months ago i wasn't involved then she went off her meds uh as uh, happens quite often i understand with uh with bipolar people because the meds have uh, pretty bad side effects. Uh, you're foggy brained all the time, you're listless, fatigued, and a lot of people would uh, rather deal with the, the uh, bipolar symptoms than take the meds, as was in her case. So she gets off the meds about uh, November, jumps in a car, uh, which I, I might add, she takes fastidious care of, which plays into the story. Always washing it, always getting it waxed, always getting it detailed, thing is spotless. She gets, it's an SUV, it doesn't make a difference what kind it is, because now it's out of the picture. She gets in the car, she starts driving. Now, she lives in uh, western Pennsylvania, and she starts driving, and I'm assuming when she ran out of gas, she wound up in uh, Princeton. And uh, she doesn't know anybody in Princeton. I don't even think she knew she was in Princeton. Uh, and it was a good example of that, where uh, one of the first days she was there, She uh, walked into somebody's home who had unfortunately left the front door open and asked if they had gotten her reservation and was her table ready. She thought she was in a restaurant. Wow. And naturally, people were very upset. They called the police. But the family was already on their way down. The family lives in, uh, she has a twin sister, Celeste, very nice lady. She's the client. But like I said, I wasn't involved in this then. They went down and they retrieved her, but they knew where she was because she uh, had a cell phone, and uh, the uh, Find My Phone app was on, and Celeste had uh, uh, access to it, plus uh, had access to where she was uh, spending uh, with her credit cards. So they knew exactly where she was. So they went down and they got her. Fast forward to my involvement in this, on February 18th, she pulls this again. Uh, She gets in a car, and she takes off. This time, she gets as far as Midtown Manhattan. Now, you know, she may have all these mental problems, and I feel sorry for the family, I feel sorry for her. But uh, I wonder if she wasn't thinking clearly, or was thinking clearly, I should say, because uh, she didn't use her credit cards. She took $500 in cash with her. Now, those of us who know Manhattan know how long $500 lasts. An hour and a half, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's an expensive place to uh, to, to try to uh, exist. You get a hotel room, maybe you'll get two nights out of that. And of course, you have to eat and everything else that gets involved with existing. So she wasn't using her credit cards and she parks her vehicle in, uh, in a parking lot across from the Port Authority bus terminal of all places on the roof. There's rooftop parking. So uh, uh, she leaves the phone charger in the car. So she doesn't want to be found. And she learned, I would assume, from her uh, her, her first escape, uh, where she uh, was easy to track. So eventually, within uh, a day or two, the phone conks out. It's out of power. But uh, up until then, she was using the phone. And she was uh, Googling places. Now, keep in mind, she's never been to New York before. She's, she's Googling places like Chinese restaurants, uh, taxi services, uh she belongs to a church also and i'll get to that a little later which has uh, uh branches all over the country and she googled that and then the phone goes dead so the family knows approximately where she is because that's where the car is and that's where all the phone calls were coming from her uh so her, her sister and her uh her sister's husband go down to manhattan and they don't know their way around there but uh they went to the port authority bus terminal Those of you who aren't familiar with the area, uh, over the last several years, New York has been cleaned up. Crime has been down, the the streets are clean, Uh, tourism came back, and then came, who I'd like to blame on all this, who was Mayor de Blasio, Uh, since he's been in the city, he's gone to hell. Homeless people are running wild all over the city. He's not doing anything about it except putting them up in luxury hotels and I'm not exaggerating. They ran out of places to put them. Thousands of disenfranchised people are in Manhattan. Uh, If you want to go online, go on YouTube, and you'll see the Upper West Side, particularly Broadway from the 70s to the upper 80s, are overrun with homeless people. Hundreds, if not thousands. And this is a residential area. Uh, The city's in an uproar. The mayor's not doing anything about it other than trying to find room for them and he's commandeering these hotels. I mean, good hotels, four hundred, dollars $500 a night hotels. And you can't possibly hold all these people. Aside from that, a lot of them don't want to stay in rooms, they want to stay on the street. So I figured, well, she knows no one. She obviously, by the 21st of February, which is three days later, run through her $500, was very close to it. So we decided to concentrate on uh, the areas where the homeless congregate. First order of business was the Port Authority bus terminal. Now, they have a policy. They didn't used to have this policy. During the 70s, when uh, uh, homeless were taking over the city again, or first, uh, the Port Authority allowed the homeless to stay within the confines of the Port Authority bus terminal. They don't do that anymore. Homeless are not allowed in there. They're on the streets surrounding it, and there are many, hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, the Port of uh, the uh, 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 Penn Station, Pennsylvania Station, which is uh, or Pennsylvania terminal, is uh, the final stop for trains, what they call it a terminal. They allow homeless people within the confines of Penn Station. Uh, so I sent uh, my best operative, he's a former treasury agent. Uh, it actually, uh, in a city the size of the area that we're looking in, you need a platoon of investigators. But that's expensive so uh, what they could afford versus the expertise of my investigator I sent one guy down because we were targeting places where she had to be uh, problem is finding her so we were armed with uh, with uh, flyers and uh, my friend uh, his, name is, his name is Charles A. Lindbergh that's a name people will not soon forget <laughs> tell me about it yeah, no, he's not the Charles A. Lindbergh, but uh, he's just as competent, only he keeps his feet on the ground, he doesn't fly. That said, he did a very good job. He uh, he befriended homeless people. He found one woman, Mae Bell, her name was, uh, took him around Penn Station. He says, it took me three hours to go through the places where the homeless and uh, 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 indigenous people hide. They have communities set up Within the bowels of Penn Station, in the basements, in the subways, underneath in the subway tunnels, Charlie went everywhere with this with this woman. Of course, we paid her. They have charging stations for their cell phones. They have uh, uh, sleeping areas divided by sex, men and women, very organized.
0: Wow!
2: We and who organizes the- it? The homeless themselves? Who? people that we were dealing with
0: no no the, the homeless had organized it
2: yeah they organized themselves they organized very well wait until i tell you about central park uh it's it's a uh the the the, the epitome of good organization i'm thinking of uh, nominating one of them to be mayor <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that shortly uh so we went to those two places and we handed out flyers we said anybody that would uh 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 recognized her to call us not to approach her and uh we were going to give them 500 no matter how many people it was we were going we to pay everybody so when we're not getting any calls we went to every homeless shelter in the city that houses women we went to the two soup kitchens within the uh uh midtown area one's on the east side one's on the west side uh, uh one of them uh was run by a monsignor it's a church uh, monsignor wiley very cooperative very very nice, man. Uh, he alerted all his people. He alerted the homeless people who think highly of him. By the way, the homeless people, they said it's the best food in New York. But Charlie decides he's going to try it. And he said, whoever the chef is here is great." A, man. <laughs> he, said, he said, I, I, I was going to, you know, eat there for the couple of days I was down there. He said, the food is excellent. But anyway, uh, she also Googled, this is the subject. She also Googled Chinese restaurants. Can't tell you how many of those we went to. Uh, and there was a couple of troubling Googles. One was uh, the Manhattan Bridge. She Googled it three times. That's upsetting. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, tell the audience, because they're not as uh, abreast of these kind of things, why that upset you and uh, her first family. Well,
2: it wasn't anywhere near where she was. So uh, considering she's probably out of funds by this time, not going near her credit cards, because she knows her family will find her, uh, it's a hell of a walk, all right? So... Uh, from uh, Midtown Manhattan, what would you say, Johnny, about three miles, four miles? Oh,
0: yeah, definitely.
2: Yep. Okay. And suppose she's on the west side, the bridge is on the east side. It connects Manhattan to downtown Brooklyn. Now, uh, there are three bridges down there. Uh, Brooklyn Bridge, Manhattan Bridge, and Williamsburg Bridge. They're basically... Four they're blocks up, apart. Pile <laughs> of each other. Yeah. They're right next to each other. Yeah. Uh, why she picked that could be any number of reasons. I I came to a conclusion about that bridge, and I'll tell you about that in a little while. But she Googled it three times, and that was upsetting because in the shape she was in, we felt that perhaps she wanted to commit suicide. And usually somebody who commits suicide hesitates. For instance, if somebody's going to slash their wrists, and I've had many suicides with slash, slash wrists that I responded to when I was a police officer, they don't slash their wrists and just lay there. They have what's known as hesitation marks. They slash, slash, and slash until they get their courage up to slash deeply. So it's usually five or six hesitation marks, which break the skin more and more as they get the courage to do the final slash. So Googling the Manhattan bridge three times, I thought might have been uh, a uh, method of hesitation. She wanted to convince herself she wanted to do this, but talking about hesitation marks when, uh, I just, I just drew, drew a blank. Uh, Williams, the guy, the, the, the comedian, who killed himself.
0: Oh, R- Robin Williams. No, Robin Williams. Uh,
2: oh, no, I forgot that. Anyway, Robin Williams. All when they found him, he had numerous hesitation marks. He tried to slash his wrists first, and he couldn't do it. It's painful, uh, and he slashed his wrists numerous times, uh, but it, it, there weren't fatal slashes. So, he, it was too painful. He decided to hang himself. He put the uh, uh, put the garrote around his neck and hung himself from a door. That was too painful. He put a towel around his neck, then put the garrote, the, the rope around the towel, then hung himself. Uh, hung himself. The, the The point of the story is this is common in suicides. Hesitation. So he figured uh, maybe she hasn't. If she was going to kill herself, maybe she hasn't jumped yet. Uh, but then. Guess, can we right. just, for now, people
0: who just tuned in, Pat, tell them who we're talking about again? Because this is my important. Her name
2: is uh, uh, Christine Caggiano. And you're going to have flyers up, or, or Where can you're they find it? On, on our website for a limited okay. time. Uh, uh, she, she goes by Christie, C H R I S T I E, Jessica Caggiano. She's 5'5, five, five, 52 years old, 110 pounds. Uh, she was last seen wearing a black, long. North Face coat, which is a winter coat. It's a right. quilted coat. It's warm out there now, except for today. Today was a, a kind of a cold day. But she can't be wearing that for too long. She's wearing black workout pants and black sneakers. She's dressed all in black. Uh, and you'll, you'll see the picture when you go on, on our site, uh, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. We'll have the picture up there. But anyway, uh, this church she belongs to is run by a televangelist. And you know what I'm going to say. I don't trust anybody, particularly televangelists. I mean, don't look okay. for your money. She has contributed thousands and thousands of dollars to this guy. His name is Creflo Dollar, D O L L A R, dollar sign. Right. Church is everywhere. He's, he's worth, I did, I did a background on him. He's worth $27 million. Uh, he is. I don't want to cast dispersions on the good Reverend Dollar but I don't think uh, very highly of televangelists not going to be specific with him, but the bridge, the Manhattan bridge where it ends up in Brooklyn is about a mile and a half away from the Brooklyn church that he runs. So that could have been a reason for her to uh, Google the church. He also runs one in the Bronx. So we've been checking this church past couple of days and the church is always closed. And it turns out that he's—he, it's—it's an existing church, but he doesn't own it. He leases the church, when he wants to hold services, and uh, you know, c- collect uh, contributions to the church. So we're assuming that uh, Easter Sunday both of these churches will be open, and I'll have—I'll have people down there. But uh, the family, as you can expect, is extremely upset, uh, and I don't blame him. I've—I've uh, gotten involved to the point where I've enlisted. Uh, Gianni, uh, was been, a, 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 a great help. I'm going on, uh, a, uh, radio show Wednesday morning, Chaz and AJ it's called, it's a Connecticut radio show with uh, 5 million listeners. Uh, we're going to direct them to the website. I'm going to tell the story and, uh, anywhere that I, I, I can get, uh, publicity. I tried to get some, uh, New York television stations, particularly New York one. Because they, they're they geared towards stories of the city. Haven't gotten a return call yet.
0: Well, you're on tomorrow night, just so you know. And you could say this tomorrow also, uh, Wednesday morning, that you are on tomorrow night, right. Right. Uh, yeah. the other side of midnight, ABC yes. Talk Radio. I'm doing an hour on the show and bringing this up there also. So they'll probably reach out for you. And my friend, John Cosmatides, owns ABC Radio. So he'll definitely bring you on. Thank you, I
2: appreciate that. And uh, uh, I've I've been in contact with the family uh, uh, every day. And I've had hundreds, if not thousands of cases over the course of 30 years. I mean, I've had, you, you name it, we don't have to go into it now. But the object in this business, as in police business, you don't get personally involved. It's just the case. Because if you do, it'll drive you crazy. But I really feel bad for this family. And aside from that, I feel this woman's life is in danger. That area is like uh, the Port Authority was back in the 1970s. Manhattan is like it was back in the 1970s.
0: Oh, yeah, it's terrible.
2: I, 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 you, can, you can attest to that, right, Gianni? Oh, my
0: God. I walk every day. I see what's going on in these streets. I mean, People this is... nothing about it. It's nothing. And he won't. Him and his wife have this whole... Just like you're saying, they're they're, they're, they're putting these people in luxury hotels and they don't want to even be there. And what's really getting annoying to all the taxpayers, we're footing the bill for this.
2: Not not only that, but the the, the mayor uh, opened up some kind of uh, an office to deal with some kind of problem about three years ago. He funded it with our tax. Well, not anymore me, but the people who live in New York City. $900 million. Nobody knows where the money went. Right. Uh, I'm
0: nothing. sure his wife does because she, well, she sure. was the chairman of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know I, I she's dressing much better now. I don't know if that has to do with. Uh, well, anyway, that's <laughs> But not uh, it. it it, uh, it had to do with uh, uh, helping people, helping minority groups. All oh, this is great, but absolutely zero to show for it. Nothing.
0: I know, it's crazy.
2: Going broke. The mayor's not doing anything about the homeless uh, except lip service. He's putting them up literally. $500-a-room hotels.
0: And see, the hotels are letting them do it because they made a deal. I think they pay like 150 a night, but they're all empty anyway right now. So at least they know they could do 100 rooms and they're picking up some money. So in that way, it's helping the hotel owners. But yeah. the surrounding areas of these affluent people, they're going crazy because all these people, like you're saying, they don't want to be in the rooms. They're sleeping outside the hotels on the streets. And, and we're still paying for the room for them.
2: They're using the street as, as as bathrooms. They're shooting dope. Oh, I know. Some of these videos. Just go on YouTube. They're, they're, they're all over YouTube. Now, as far as shelters go, you figured, when, you know, she would, was, went missing in the middle of February. You want to get off the street. I don't know a homeless person in their right minds that will go into a shelter. I mean, it's, it's 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 a death wish. You actually have to sleep on your shoes or wear them because People will steal your shoes. They will kill you for your shoes. Oh, uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy. When I was a cop, which was in the 70s, uh, I was, uh, you know, the, the entry rank then I was uh, just a police officer. Uh, we would, very homeless people, when it got below 20 degrees, we would forcibly take them off the, scre- the street. They would go kicking and screaming. They wanted to stay on the street. They would sleep on subway gratings because the steam would come up through the gratings. Yeah, the, the heat. heat. But... Overnight, the subway, uh, the, the train stopped service, basically. I mean, you get one an hour every two hours. And uh, we, we would drive them down to the shelters, which aren't in the areas where they were because the people were bitching and complaining, just affluent areas, like Central Park, along Fifth Avenue. Uh, we'd take them to the shelters. As soon as we left, they'd leave and go back to the same neighborhoods and, and try to survive in the streets. The next day or two days later, we'd go back. We'd find frozen people. They're frozen like popsicles. Wow. Anyway, the last place we went, and I alluded to it when I started this uh, story. Charlie goes up to Central Park, and uh, he enlists the aid of a handsome cab driver. Uh, and if you know, people don't know what a handsome cab is, it's a horse and buggy. Uh, people uh, rent it. They go through the park. The park is an oasis in Manhattan. You go into that park, you think you're in another world, which is what it was intended to be. But I'm they, there.
0: I'm there three, four times a week. Sure, yeah, yeah, it's an oasis for me.
2: But, but you're not there at night.
0: No, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: anyway, it's it's an, uh, an expensive thing to rent one of these. It's like a hundred dollars around the park. Oh,
0: it's ridiculous. Street.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, in fact, it's even more than that. But uh, anyway, uh, this guy owed my guy a favor, and he decided to take him around. Brings him up to 110th Street. Now, 110th Street is the northern end of the park. Waters on West Harlem in the park, uh, these homeless people, hundreds of them have taken over. They literally have no trespassing signs. The cops don't go in there. They have their own security in the the, the homeless encampment. They have, everything is well organized. Like I said, I'm gonna grab one of these people and, and uh, have them run for mayor. They're running that homeless encampment better than the city's running the city. That's I mean, wild. it's uh, unbelievable. Anyway. Charlie said uh, that they're very uh, they're very clannish, very secretive. They don't want to talk. But, of course, money talks, you know. But when my client said she's going back to New York, and she is, she's in New York now with her brother-in-law, they're desperate. So they're just walking the streets. I told them where not to go. And I said, do not go to this homeless encampment. It's dangerous. Uh, they're going to see somebody like you, and right away, they're going to know out-of-towner. <laughs> You know, so, uh, you know, how to give them all the tips. Don't carry a bag, don't wear any jewelry, have have loose bills in your pocket like dollar bills. Somebody sticks you up, but they don't actually come up and say this is a hold up. They demand money like a panhandle. So you give them a couple of dollars rather than they take your wallet, you know. Right. But anyway, that's where we are. How and long is she missing now? How long? Right. Oh, she was missing. She went missing on February 18th and she was last seen... February 21st, when I say last seen, that's when her phone died. Right. And all she had to do was go back to the car and get her charger. She wouldn't do it. Now, there was a mistake made. Uh, The family went down there, and a police officer, a detective, who has the case, uh, who shall remain uh, nameless, said, take the car out of there, the SUV, and take it home. It was covered in uh, pigeon droppings, by the way. Right. this was the woman that's fastidious about a car so she never went back there but eventually you run out of money you you run into bad weather you might have a bad experience on the street where you're gonna go She's gonna go to where she knows she's safe and that's the suv the 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 detective told her to take the car back home because it's going to and i'm quoting this draw her out really and i don't know what that means uh, I said, you know, I I don't want to cast aspersions on on the police because rumour has it I was one once, but I think that was a mistake. I think they should have left the car there, and I could have had a guy without going through all this. Uh, yeah, just uh, watch the car. All these hours. Now I'm not averse to making money, but after a while, you know, I I I I I feel that uh, enough is enough. Just watch the car. Sit on the car, no matter how long it takes. My feeling is she'll be back if she's still among the living, which is starting to concern me now. But it's just well—it's over a month now. You're saying uh, the 21st, yes, over a month. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'll give her a name one more time, and then we'll move on, and we'll stay a a a prior to this, and they go on any new bulletins. Pat's going to keep putting them up on our site, also.
2: Yeah. By that time, uh, the viewers or the listeners see this show. Her flyer will be up there. You got two very good pictures. And it's got uh, a uh, number to call the police. Now, if you should run into this woman, do not approach her. Not that she's dangerous or anything, but she'll, uh, she'll run. I don't mean physically, but you'll leave. You'll ask her who she is. That means somebody's looking for her. She's in the wind. So uh, there are phone numbers on the flyer. What I suggest you do Once again, not disparaging the police, but they're busy. And who knows if they'll ever get up there. Uh, Call the, uh, we have a dedicated line, which which, uh, I take care of. Call that number. It's on the website. Uh, And uh, I'll make sure somebody gets down there expeditiously uh, to make sure she doesn't uh, try to make another escape. And I'll I'll also call the police, but I'm going to get somebody down there first.
0: All right, my man's back on the
2: job. Back on the job. Gee, I, back feel like, uh, the job. Oh. I feel like I should be wearing blue. I mean, I don't look good in blue, so I like to stay away from it. All right, well,
0: <laughs> let's talk about some positive things and let's hope that they find this lady uh, like you. I mean, that's a month already in New York? I don't oh, know.
2: I couldn't survive a month in New York with no money. <laughs> I mean,
0: and, and Megan, you being a millennium, you're out on the West Side. You're seeing a lot of this. Now that you live in Manhattan, are you noticing a lot of homeless at night also?
1: I am. I can't say I'm out too late at night just because, you know, yeah, my social safety. life has, Hello, yeah. has not been what it has since before the pandemic, but there's definitely a lot of homeless people. And then, you know, a different issue, something else that troubles me is just, you know, the amount of garbage on the street even in, you know, I luckily live in a fairly nice area, and it's just a shame. How unkept it looks.
2: So, yeah, it's like the 1970s all over again. Yeah, I mean, I know it's hard for you to relate. You weren't with us then. It's
1: yeah.
0: A- <laughs> she wasn't even born yet. <laughs>
2: Time is up. Everything's
1: just deja vu all over again. Yeah, it's a shame. But,
0: all right. So, right now we're doing update stuff. We have a lot of things that uh, Megan has been working on diligently, along with Pat and Mike. And, uh, It also launches this week on April Fool's Day. Megan, tell Mm -hmm. us more about your project there.
1: So it'll be no April Fool's joke. But yes, by the time you're hearing this, um, tomorrow, April 1st, we will be officially launching what we've been talking about um, for a couple months now, which is our Hollywood Godfather La Familia website. Um, So this is where you can join our family, our little Hollywood Godfather family that we have here. We're expanding. And so what this means is that you will all, our listeners, have the opportunity to participate in virtual interactions with us as well as um, have access to signed merchandise, which I know is a you know a very sought after thing by our listeners. I'm constantly getting emails and I know I'm sure Gianni and Pat get a lot of messages too. You know, how can I talk to you? How can you know, Pat, how can I get? writing advice and Gianni, you know, pick your brain, various, various topics that people could talk to you guys about. And plus people always are wondering where they can get a signed copy of the book. So here's your chance. Um, What will be cool about this website is that we'll feature Zoom meetings. Um, You know, you can order a special video greeting from Gianni, um, signed photographs, eight by 10 photographs from um, images of the Godfather. One being, you know, the classic photo of Brando pinching Gianni's cheeks, and a wedding photo, and things like that. And then another cool feature is that you will get special status depending on how much you spend within the site, um, and that will be, you know, awarded by Gianni himself. So that's a pretty cool thing. Um, you can get as high as boss status, and you know, various statuses will come with perks and you will see all those details and prices and anything else on the site and we'll have a support email as well if you have any questions, concerns and the site will be hollywoodgodfatherfamily.com and it will be up on Thursday, April 1st. Is so it we're family very excited lot to familiar? With everybody. Right, the URL just to make sure you know people can can spell it okay. fairly easily is in English, so it's hollywoodgodfatherfamily.com. But then it's all titled, you know, Hollywood Godfather La Familia, which obviously is Italian for family.
0: Well, I have another surprise for people who are listening to this. And it's a surprise to all of you because my clothing line that's coming out, we actually made my orange suit that I wore in the fight scene. Oh,
1: no way.
0: Yeah, we have them. They'll be on sale. But... Uh, we're going to come up with a contest very shortly of how you could win that suit, and I
2: think. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, let me ask you this, guy: like, to win the suit, and you I, have to, you have to get hit in the head with a garbage
0: can cover? No, no, but you know what's, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming out with a coordination of wife-beater T-shirts to go along with it. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> but I think it's going to maybe me be one of the hottest uh, costumes. This year for Halloween coming up. I
1: think it might be. <laughs> I might even have to dress up in it.
0: <laughs> no, but uh, no, that's, that's so all exciting, all exciting. And, and again that that's launching on Thursday, April first. Right. And and soon after that, talking about the clothing line, which is La Cosa Mia by Gianni. It's a totally different business. We've been you know, we, we're actually sponsoring our own show too. That we're really happy with, where it's going. And you'll be seeing that site going up in April. And then we'll be in stores as early as May. And we're in the midst of negotiating with a huge chain right now. And there'll be affordable wear, not, you know, $500 jackets or stuff like that, that you would expect me to wear. They look like $500 jackets, but uh, La by Gianni is another exciting thing that we've been working on. So there's a lot of great events. And last but not least, I know we've been getting a lot of emails, and fortunately people have been supporting the book for two years now, going in our third year. Uh, We had a production meeting last Friday. I'm proud to say that Colin Wilson of uh, Mandalorian, who just got nominated for 15 Emmys, It's a show that Disney put out, and Colin is the line producer, as he is now with us on our project. And we put a team together that probably this will be the first time you ever heard of the team. You know all of them from other credits that they've had in our industry, and uh, that's being helmed by the writer of the 10 Hours Nick Vallelongo, who won the Oscar for Green Book, Best Screenplay, Best Picture, 2018. So he, along with Jeffrey Dash, who's an executive producer, I'm an executive producer, has put together a writing team, one being Chaz Palmenteri, whose episode of, on our show comes on also this week. So you'll, you'll hear him talk about it. So he, he'll be directing three of those one hours that he's also writing. And then a, a veteran and a great, great writer, George Gallo, who was on our show last week, is writing three episodes and directing. You'll know him from Midnight Run, 29th Street. Great classic. So we're really excited about that. And Pat's done such a great job writing the book that now we're going on to making a 10-hour miniseries, and everybody we spoke to are aware of our podcast and are aware that we have over 100 hours, so they're optioning those if the ratings are what we think they may be, so we may, we may be on television for the next five years.
2: Johnny, <laughs> talking about the book, I, I, uh, I decided to uh, listen to the audio book. Uh, I listened to it over the weekend. I'm not finished with it yet. Let me tell you something. If I didn't know that I, that I wrote that, I mean, you did uh, a wonderful job reading that book. And, you know, I don't know if people are into audiobooks or not. I am. I listen to at least 50 to 60 a year. And there, you need talent to read an audiobook and to become the characters in a book and to capture people's imaginations, what I like to call a theater of the mind. You're not watching television here, folks. You're not going to the movies. You're listening to somebody read you a book, which can be extremely dry, unless you have the talent of a Gianni Russo or uh, other people in the business. I am captivated by the book and proud to have written it, listening to you read it to me.
0: <laughs> no, but it's so funny, because just because of my ego, I never read a book in my life. So they had to help me with it. It was on a screen. And uh, they were going to bring somebody in to read it. It takes a month to do. It's five, five days a week, four hours a day I was doing it. And I said, I'll do it. And they said, well, we don't have a big budget to afford you. I said, what are you paying whatever? I said, I'll do it, because first of all, I don't want nobody to tell my story but me. And I've been getting a, a lot of compliments because it's, it's funnier, because I know what's coming up, and I, I don't have to interpret it, it's my story. You get a, a reader, he has to take that story, and know when it's humorous, know when it's sad. And coming from you, Pat, I didn't know you, you bought the audiobook or how you got it, but and that you're actually listening to it.
2: Yeah, I tell you, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an odd experience to hear your own words come at you. It's just hard to explain. I, if, see, if I was a writer, I could explain how I feel. <laughs> I'm going to have to work on that. Well, I think
1: this
0: has been a great. And, you know, what we'd really like to do from all you who are listening to the show and as you listen to it in the next week, two weeks, a month, whatever it is, if you're really enjoying these updates, we'll do them periodically. So give us your opinion on what we just did. It's totally against the norm of what we normally do. And this is our third season. but. When we had something that's so timely, like trying to save this woman's life, and we're excited about these launches that we have this coming week, we didn't want you to hear about it two months from now in a normal delay. So we hope you appreciate it. I know my colleagues here work diligently on it, as Mike does as a technician for us. He does all the creating. but uh, So let us know, and we'll do more of them if you think so. With that said, I think, uh, again, team, we did a great job, I think. Maybe maybe we should start a news program. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else we could start. I'm
1: I'm getting tired. I know. We have, like, one of each, all the businesses. Yeah. No, we've – I I think we've covered everything.
0: Yep. Well, I want to thank Pat, Megan, for all your effort on and off this. This has been a lot of work and uh, your passion, Pat to try to find this lady, man. That's like a needle in a haystack.
2: We'll find it one way or the other.
0: Unfortunate. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Keep listening. And uh, we all love you. Wear a mask. Don't get fooled.
2: Bye-bye.
1: Good night, guys. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Horan, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Good night.
0: I've had a few, but then again, Too few to mention. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I planned each chartered course, each careful step along the byway, but more, much more than this i did it my way oh there were times i'm sure you knew when i've been off more than i can chew but through it all when there were doubt i ate it up and spit it out and i stood tall